All right, welcome everyone back for another episode of Daily Matters. Today, I am extremely excited to welcome Aaron Levine to the podcast. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, this is fun. Nice little break from everything else going on. Absolutely. Uh, so Aaron is the CEO and founder of Hello Divorce, uh, a really cool online tool that Aaron will tell us more about over the, the next half hour or so, uh, and also the founder of Levine Family Law Group. Uh, Erin has received many awards and recognition for her innovative work uh, at Hello Divorce. Most recently, uh, she was recognized with the James Keene Memorial uh, Award from the American Bar Association for her work in online lawyering. So uh, again, congratulations for that, that really significant honor, Erin, and, and thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Jack. Great to be here. So I'll, I'll start off, Aaron, with, uh, with a question. We're going to make uh, a, a regular opening question for the, the podcast here, which is, uh, how are you doing? Tell me about how you're doing, how your family's doing. We're hanging in there. Last week was when the shelter in place first hit the Bay Area. So since, there I've made, since then, I've made one trip to the office and literally gone nowhere. We have our kids at home. And my husband is in the restaurant and bar industry. So his work literally went from, I call it hero to zero. Um, one day gross sales, you know, exceed 200 grand for the month. The next day there's nothing, like literally nothing. Wow. So it's a lot about, it's a lot of managing anxiety and also trying to find new things that are fun and really just like keeping a schedule, a different schedule than I did before, but a schedule when the day is done, the day is really done. And I'm trying to focus uh, on my kids and my family. And we put a projector out in the backyard. So oh, we're watching fun. movies and stuff like that. And shelter in place has not come to most of the country yet. Uh, what are the realities of that look like? How are you managing for, you know, for food. Uh, I know you've got young kids. How are you navigating that challenge? Tell us a little bit more about what things look like in your community and what your your day-to-day -day looks like right now. So the first week, which was last week of shelter in place, my mind was 100% mush. And it was a little bit scary because the phones literally stopped ringing. Like there wasn't one phone call. That was really scary. And, um, it was really hard to manage anxiety. Uh, this week is much different. Um, we're able to order groceries online. We could go to the market if we wanted to. We're not doing that. Um, we are really just taking walks where we can and practicing yoga. And we have a tiny backyard because it's city living, but it seems it's nice enough for us to get some fresh air. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you touched on, on anxiety, which I know that uh, any sane and rational person is feeling these days. Uh, have you found any tips or, or tricks that, that have helped you manage that over the last week? Yeah. Well, my favorite app is called Downward Dog, and I think they're offering free promotion right now. I'm not an affiliate. I'm not getting paid. Um, but they have all sorts of yoga. So even if you're not into meditation, but you just wanna move your body and flow, you can set the music, set the length of your workout um, and the type of workout. So I've absolutely loved that. Um, I tend to be 
a non-communicator. When I feel anxious, I tend to just go into my own world and not talk to anyone. And I'm finding that actually communicating with the people that love me and that I love is helping quite a bit, checking in on a regular basis. The first week of shelter in place felt a little bit panicky and scary. And now things are leveling off and we are talking to three types of clients. One who it's like the coronavirus does not exist. Life goes on. They are perfectly sane and in control of their day. And then there's people on the entire other side, right, who haven't been able to manage their anxiety. And it's just completely chaos and can't focus at all. And then most people are like somewhere in between. Yeah, I think that's an interesting perspective you're needing to navigate, you know, not just the anxiety I'm sure that you feel and your staff feel, but managing clients that are going to be in a, in a totally different uh, headspace than they were three weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's going to sound so cliche, but really communication is everything. And we have just been trying to be as transparent as we can with our team, even about financials, so that um, they have a good sense for what it is we need to bring in to keep going, what, when and if we'll have to uh, cut down on time, and so on and so forth. I know we'll get into that, but... Yeah, so you know. maybe to, to set the stage a little bit for the, the rest of our conversation, you're, you're in a very interesting position. You're running both a, a law firm as well as a, a small business, uh, Hello Divorce, an online platform. Uh, can you just briefly give us an overview of of both uh, the law firm and the, the the business you're running? Sure. So Levine Family Law Group has been in business for 10 years. I've been practicing for 15. And we're a small family law firm with six lawyers. And we handle everything from second parent adoptions and third parent rights, which is an interesting law in California to your run-of-the-mill divorces and prenuptial agreements. It's a brick and mortar. We can and always have been able to work remote, but the vast majority of my team prefers to be in office. And um, Hello Divorce, which has always been online, a virtual company, we provide on-demand legal help and wellness support to people that are going through divorce, usually uncontested divorces or divorces that um, expect to resolve outside of court. And we offer everything from a DIY web application to um, access to Levine Family Law lawyers in increments of 30 minutes or more. So we really try to help everyone, no matter where they are in the divorce process, how much conflict there is, uh, we like to meet clients where they are, and um, that's been a really fun company to get started and to work on growing and scaling. Yeah, it's uh, it's such a fascinating business model, and you've got such a unique vantage point looking across the impacts that COVID-19 has had from, one, a, a more traditional but probably more innovative than average bricks-and-mortar law firm and on the other side, a completely online, uh, fairly transactional uh, online service in the form of Hello Divorce. So 
Can, can you tell us maybe from those two very different perspectives, what you've seen as the immediate impacts of, of COVID-19 over the last mm. two weeks or so? Yeah, um, so we've seen an immediate impact to the clientele and to the team itself. Because, for example, even though Levine Law has always or most recently been capable of lawyering um, virtually or from a remote location, we always have met with clients in person. The way they experience our customer service is how we greet them, whether they get coffee or tea, how they're led into the meeting, how the senior attorney comes out to greet them. So everything that we have in the terms of in terms of how we make that client experience as great as we possibly can involves person-to-person -person interaction so the first thing we needed to do is figure out how we could take care of the client in a way different than we had done before fortunately we were able to look towards hello divorce to see how our legal document assistants um, connect with clients and make them feel safe and well taken care of. Um, so last week with Levine Law, we saw, these are the immediate effects, we saw a total flat line in terms of calls. And so I thought it's because no one's going to do anything during coronavirus. I think more of what it's what it was is because we were in the Bay Area, the shelter in place had just taken hold and no one was in the frame of mind to reach out and spend money and call a lawyer. So we immediately did some changes with our marketing. One was to offer a $99 consult, which is uh, a big decrease in the $450 consult that we ordinarily yep. offer. Um, that helped where, where did you, tremendously. Where did you get that offer out, Erin? Where, where do you go to acquire leads? with that right. kind of marketing? Well, everybody markets differently. And I always feel like when it comes to marketing, you pick the three things that you love most, because if you don't, then you're never going to do it. So I personally don't really enjoy going to networking events. So that's not on my list of marketing. If I do it, it's this bonus. Um, so in my case, I love to market on social media and a big percentage of our leads come from Instagram and Facebook. So of course we have to be careful ethically with advertising, but I did let people know that we're open for business, that we have some promotions that we'd love for people to take advantage of that. In California, a big source of our leads are Yelp. And so I made sure that we added a call to action on Yelp that said that we're offering $99 consultation. And then our intake team, which we use through Chad uh, Burton and Billy Tarasio's Modern Law Practice uh, quickly uh, jumped on board. And as they answered both phone calls and um, our LawDroid chatbot online, they were telling people, hey, look, at, we want to do something for you. We know this is really hard and this is what we're prepared to offer. And people are taking advantage of it. So it's really exciting. Um, that being said, our traffic has gone down pretty significantly, our web traffic on at Levine Family Law Group. Our traffic on Hello Divorce has gone up five times. Wow. And in the past, the leads that we get on Hello Divorce are generally speaking the type of people that would use our services. 
now we're getting hundreds and hundreds of leads from people all over the world, which clearly we can't help with, um, who are concerned about how coronavirus is impacting their divorce or child custody. And so we have to, the challenge there is to filter through these leads to find the ones that are going to uh, make us some money and that we're able, we're going to be able to help with. I think that the biggest mistake I made at first was using the Hello Divorce platform to talk so much about child support modification and custody modification when Hello Divorce is not equipped to handle that kind of action at scale. Right. So I had to sort of pull back, put that onto Levine Family Law Group and refocus our F on Hello Divorce, which is at what we do best, which is helpful through the divorce process. So are you, um, are you finding that Hello Divorce is actually seeing net of all of those, maybe what you would consider out of band requests that, uh, that Hello Divorce can't actually serve? Do you think you've seen an underlying uh, uptick in business when you when you net out all of those maybe out of the country requests and so on that you received? Mm, not yet, um, but part of that is because it's a strategy. We're not trying to sell hard right now because there's so much noise out there of companies who are desperate trying to sell. What we're trying to do is make a connection and build relationships with people who are interested in learning their divorce, but maybe not right now in the moment. And our hope, because we have always had a longer sales cycle with Hello Divorce, is that these are the same people that are going to come back around when they're ready. So I feel pretty confident having now had the business for two years that even though we've had this gigantic uptick in good leads, that it won't actually uh, trans transpire into like paying customers for probably a few weeks and we're prepared, we can handle that. Right. Because our the, overhead is so low with Hello Divorce. And, and we're, we're now, you know, in, on approaching halfway through the, the week following shelter in place being implemented in San Francisco. What are you seeing on the ground in terms of what you would consider the, the organic traffic you would get to your website? Are you seeing people get back to some sense of, of normal? I know things aren't back to normal, but maybe adapting to shelter in place and, and, starting to think about their, their, their matters again, or, or are you seeing a, a sustained slowdown? Both. Um, like I said, last week, nothing. This week is pretty good. I'm, I'm surprised. I think all of us are surprised. We just had a team meeting and I went over the consultations that people had and so far this week, and they've said that there's really been a mix of people who just want to get a divorce and figure now's the time and didn't even mention coronavirus in their mm. consultation. And then more often, they're getting consultations of people who uh, have emergency legal needs right now or what they consider to be an emergency. So the consultation that Stan Sarkisov, my associate, had a couple hours ago was a woman who has uh, a troubled immune system. She currently has custody of her child, does not want to exchange visitation with her ex-husband because he's not being, according to her, as careful. Mm. And she's worried that if she were to contract or her child were to contract uh, coronavirus, that, that she would not um, survive it. And so the challenge right now is, of course, we want to help. And of course, we want the business. But which courts are taking filings um, what type of filings are they taking? Will they uh, 
rule on our request in a reasonable amount of time and what might that look like? Yeah, it's a, a new world, certainly. Maybe just pulling at that, that thread around the, the one example used of a client with a unique set of needs. How are you seeing client needs shift and adapt over the, the course of the last week and, and change that we've been in, in, in the midst of the, the coronavirus crisis? Have you seen a real, you talked a little bit about their, their mindset and maybe a little bit more in the way of anxiety. Um, what else have you seen you know, on the ground in dealing with your clients and the kind of issues they might be coming to you with? So first of all, I think that people are looking for leaders in their communities to step up and tell them that either things are going to be okay, or if they're not, we're going to be here for them. So I think just sharing that message has been really helpful. Clients have really appreciated it. Emails were great, but direct calls, especially from the principal, the managing attorney, has yielded incredibly positive results. So as an example, we at Levine Family Law Group work off a retainer. In the past, when people didn't pay their bill, we would um, just, I mean, sorry, when their retainer went out, we didn't require them to replenish so long as they paid their bill. But I've been reaching out and saying, look it, I'm sorry, we're going to need you to replenish. We're going to enforce the terms of the retainer agreement because I need to ensure that my team gets paid while we're helping you. And right. there hasn't been one person who said no way unless they truly lost a job or have had their income affected and right. then we're working out different. So that's good. But I totally didn't answer your question. No, no, that's, now that's I part of it. it. <laughs> I think that's, you know, that's ways your, your relationships with your clients are evolving mm -hmm. as well. And I think that's, you know, an interesting perspective you offer where I think there's many people trying to figure out ways they can help the, the small businesses they work with, including the law firms they work with. And if that's prepaying or topping up retainers, if that's, um, you know, we see at restaurants, people are, are tipping more generously than usual. I think people are looking for the, those ways that, that they can help. So it's a good message, you know, ask for the support that might help with cash flow. Uh, and many of your clients will step up and, and help you with that if, if you're in a, uh, in a position like, like you are to make that request. Um, tell us more about what you're seeing on the ground with clients that, that uh, are, are reaching out to you maybe with a different set of a different mindset, a different headspace, or maybe a different set of needs that have have shifted over the course of the last two weeks. Mm, yeah. So, um, well, in the past, you know, the inquiries that we got from for Levine Family Law Group versus Hello Divorce were very, very different, and now we're seeing a lot of crossover. So, for the first time ever, we're really referring to each other to the two businesses which hasn't happened in the past. So that's been interesting. So I think the first thing to say about that is people are looking for reliable information. And so whatever we can do to put it out there, podcasts, e-courses, uh, webinars, all of these things are what people are craving and needing good information. And so it might not translate to a sale in the moment, but it certainly is a way, again, to build relationships. And if we can do that, then when they are ready to move forward, hopefully they will hire us. Um, but the biggest, the, the biggest question we're getting by far is, do I have to do my court-ordered child custody exchange? And can I modify support either because my income has changed or my 
X's income has changed. And so we're trying to use this opportunity as a way to help people to resolve their dispute without court because we remind them that once we do get into court, you're both likely going to, going to need to lawyer up. It's going to be expensive. You have a judge who's overworked and tired, who's only hearing a few minutes of your case, making a decision. Um, no one likes to be in transition. It's nice to have an answer to whatever might happen, even if it's temporary. So, you know, I think that we're really just in problem solving mode with our clients as opposed to like the more traditional lawyering that we typically would do at Levine Law, which is to file a motion or um, what we would ordinarily do at Hello Divorce, which is a cost benefit analysis to see if it even makes sense to talk about support modification. Both places we're trying to get people talking and that seems to be helping um, where we're seeing what we're also seeing is a lot of those people that were trying to alienate the other parent, their co-parent before from their children are using this as an opportunity to keep their kids from the other parent. And we're reminding people that it's gonna come back to bite you. You might be held in contempt. The court isn't ultimately going to like this. This is not helping your kids manage their anxiety. This is not something that you should be doing. Um, so it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, that I, I think uh, like any crisis, we'll see people at their best and we'll see people at their their worst. And you'll you'll see that on the the client side as well, um, or you know their their spouses as well. Uh, really interesting perspective. You know, I, I think I'd like to dig into some of the ways you're using te technology to to navigate this uh, this crisis as well, Aaron. In terms of uh, you, you mentioned your your bricks and mortar law firm uh, is primarily people that like to come into the office and 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 be in a physical office environment. But you do have some level of distributed staff. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got Hello Divorce with a a completely distributed team supporting Hello Divorce. Uh, tell us a little bit about the tools and technologies that you use at those firms, and maybe what you've been able to lean on especially strongly in in the last week and week or so as you've been uh, working from home yeah that's a great question um so we've always used zoom video conferences for team meetings and when clients want to meet remote um we're using slack we've always used slack to stay connected but um what i found is that some of the important client-centered stuff was getting lost in the sea of Corona memes, memes, whatever yep. it is. So I created different channels. So if you want to join those channels to get reliable news, or you want to talk about creating a schedule or eating healthy, um, you know, all of those are different channels and it's great. You can join it if you want, but keeping that main channel focused on business operations. Right. That's um, a that's a really important tip. It's very easy to kind of feel lose your whole day just uh, in the flood of of news and memes and everything else around coronavirus. Yeah, and there's some really good ones. So it's important to laugh too. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, we also like have been leaving heavily on the Hello Divorce team who have always worked remote to ask them like what they do, how they do it, how they keep their um, you know, energy up and when do they take breaks and stuff like that. Uh, one of the first things that we did was 
and continue to do is run Clio reports so that we could take a look at what work in progress we have done in the past month because we bill monthly and it was in trust. Compare that to see if we had enough funds in trust to cover the bills that will be run on April 1st, which ordinarily is not that important, but it's especially important right now because productivity is down. Um, I would say that, and that's fine, I get it. Um, it's not just because we have a little less business, because I think the business is still coming in. I think it's more people trying to adjust. And yeah. so if they're billing two thirds less, um, or even taking in two thirds less flat fees like prenups, then that means that there's less money available to pay expenses. And so uh, we've been like running reports and updating those pretty regularly to take a look at cash flow and make sure we have enough. So that's, um, uh, that's such a powerful tool you've got at your disposal in the sense that you're able to essentially do real time monitoring of cash flow and, uh, and, and make calibrations as you may need to, may need to in terms of how you run your business. You, you mentioned earlier that you sparked up a new demand creation campaign with, with a bit of a special offer to, to fill up mm -hmm. your lead pipeline when you saw that weakening a little bit last week. Can you tell us about other KPIs that you monitor when you're looking at that dashboard? Uh, you mentioned you're looking at WIP. What else are you looking at to, to kind of assess the, the health of your business? And uh, I'm, I'm curious too, how do you translate that into action in, in various ways across your firm? Yeah, so we are, I am running productivity tip um, reports through Clio, which is why I was able to determine very quickly that productivity is down. Um, and by the way, when you say productivity, are you looking at utilization rate and, and other stats or how, how do you, how do you assess productivity in your team? I'm looking at the billable and non-billable work that they're doing, which is all put in Clio. But I'm also looking at one other thing because I think this is important. Our accountant and sorry, our bookkeepers who are, I don't know if what's it called, Clio certified, whatever. Yeah, yes. Clio certified consultants probably. Yes, so they set up a matter for COVID-19 where they have me and my team tracking all of our time that is going into um, efforts to set up a remote office. So anything from you know, our assistant going on and purchasing a scanner for a client, I mean, sorry, for an associate, or you know, me having to go pick up mail at a post office, we're keeping track of all of that. Number one, so I can like keep track of productivity and see how people are using their non-billable hours. But number two is because who knows what the government might end up offering us in terms of, you know, a grant or a tax credit or things like that. So that was an awesome tip from them. And I definitely wanted to share it with people. Um, okay. So other basically we're running reports at the start of every day and at the end of every day using Clio. And that's pretty much all we need because I'm also tracking payments. I'm really curious to see like with our open accounts receivable, how many people actually pay people that don't have money in trust and whether there's a trend there. Um, Do you have any tips, you know, I, in terms of getting paid, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, that you ask for retainers in many circumstances. 
do you offer things like payment plans? Do you accept credit card payments? Can you just tell us a little bit more about tips and tricks you've found to get to get paid and minimize friction in getting paid? Yeah, this is really fun. I love this topic. Um, of getting we all paid. Like paid. It's uh, so, um, we're, we're kind of back into Maslow's hierarchy of needs days and, and, you know, food and shelter. We need to figure out how do we, how do we secure payment in this online world and, and uh, accepting physical checks isn't, uh, isn't a big part of that new reality. I don't think. <laughs> no, no, um, we've got no checks in the past. We would get some, but Levine law has definitely taken a lesson from hello divorce because at Hello Divorce, we don't work unless we're paid. Um, so everything is either fixed fee or a monthly membership option. And so, so far, the people that are on, let's say a $99 a month plan to access our web application haven't canceled anything. So hopefully that will remain in place, but that way, you know, it's very easy to pay my staff when there's a recession or a downturn in business or an economy because they're paid a percentage based on what we bring in and they don't start until we get the business. So hello divorce, I feel like, okay, I can breathe the sigh of relief. Um, so whereas Levine law is different. And I think that the, we absolutely accept credit cards and ACH through the law pay integration with Clio. We also have a term in our retainer agreements that allow for us to run somebody's credit card if they, their bill is overdue. And we created a separate, um, I, I can't think of the thing, but like with Clio, there's a, ch a check mark. We, we created oh, like to, a separate- uh, Vault their credit card, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, and a category as to whether or not they've signed the auto pay. And if so, right. then when the bills are overdue, which they are as of today, we'll run a report based on everyone who has an auto pay credit card, and then we'll be able to run their card. Got it. Got it. I think um, uh, is custom field uh, what, yes. what you're thinking of? Okay. Custom field. You've got a that's, custom that's field right. to track if you've got that permission essentially through their retainer agreement. And then when they've vaulted their credit card and for those that haven't heard the term before, it means when, when you're onboarding your client, you can actually acquire their credit card information, not charge it immediately, but store it for future use. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really innovative approach. I haven't actually heard of that, that particular tactic. So that's, that's a great pro tip, Aaron. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for sharing yeah. that one. We also um, did a custom field for um, where the case was acquired from. So in the past, it's my job to bring in the business. I hadn't necessarily required associate attorneys to do it because I didn't want them to get so good at bringing in business that they left the firm. Right. <laughs> so so um, that's such a Gen X way of thinking, <laughs> but that's me. Now, they, now we need them to bring in cases and every single person knows someone with a child custody or divorce you know, issue right now. And so we want to reward team members who bring in cases. And so we've added custom fields so that, you know, if it originated with Ian Van Leer, for example, we will know that when I run payroll. Uh, so same thing with if the case originated from Hello Divorce, then there's a custom field there. But we're just like trying to get really creative with being able to run as many reports as possible that satisfy everyone needs, right? The attorney needs to know their productivity. I need to know cash flow. The bookkeeper needs to ensure that the books are, um, 
you know, reconciled. Yeah. Everybody has a different need for these reports. And so it's interesting because on the whole divorce side, I had to use WooCommerce, which is a plugin for uh, WordPress, had to use Stripe, Zapier, and um, an application called Podio to get the same reports that we just pull in two minutes on Clio. So, Interesting, but you were, you were able to jury rig together something that gave you the same visibility on, on the hell divorce side as well. Yes, we've been yeah. able to do that, but we're anxious to use that Clio API so that at some point we don't need to um, spend so much time trying to yeah. pull all the data from 10 different places. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to pick up that conversation in the, in the future, a ton of opportunity there. Uh, you know, Aaron, maybe, you know, uh, before we leave the, the working in a distributed fashion, some of the real-time reports you're, you're using to, to stay on top of your practice, before we leave that topic, I was wondering if you had any other pro tips you wanted to share in terms of things you've found to be effective tools for working with distributed teams for, you know, working from home over, over the, the recent past, anything else you'd like to share on that front? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I think it's super important for us as leaders of our teams to keep the morale up. And there's, while I'm a big advocate for being transparent, I think there's also um, only so much information that our team can hear right now and process. They don't have the whole story. And so we don't want to panic them. So um, I think it's important for us to reach out to our communities and connect. And so for example, Jess Burt, uh, Birkin, she started a Hack Your Practice Slack for some of us to compare marketing strategies, to talk about how we're doing, to um, A-B test different advertising and see how it's working and connect. And that has been like 100% lifeline. Um, in terms of the uh, tools... And I'm curious, where do you find that Slack community? How, how, do, you, how do you connect on that? front so everybody who is anybody is on twitter yes <laughs> no i mean i think it really is true like i find that there are wonderful reasons to be on linkedin to be on instagram to be on facebook and there are some wonderful facebook lawyer groups i tend to get lost in yep. those whereas twitter is really where like people who are forward thinking um and like trying to support and for each other and so i think that you know if you hop on twitter and followed hello to i'm happy to help give people examples of of great uh other people that they can follow but uh, if you can get past some of that toxic masculinity which i think exists on on twitter and stay within your group um it's been so helpful and amazing and just the to see what opportunities are out there is an especially positive one I, I find it's a great community that's that's a pro tip if you are looking for community i think the legal twitter community is uh is a good one and, and maybe while we're on the topic here and somebody wants to to follow you what's your so twitter I'm handle at hello divorce across the board excellent that makes yeah. it easy um well, let's, uh, you know, this, this time has flown by and I maybe have time to squeeze uh, one or two questions in, uh, Aaron, but uh, shifting gears a little bit, talking about some of the joking we've heard on, on social media about divorce rates spiking uh, after COVID-19, which 
maybe seems like a, a, a reality that we'll be facing after people have been uh, cooped up with one another for much longer and sustained periods than they might be used to. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a, a trend we're going to see? I do. I mean, we can look at China and I read an article that as soon as that shelter in place was lifted, more than like 80 couples went out and immediately filed for divorce <laughs> um, and that their divorce rates are spiking. Um, given the fact that the majority of people that are going to hello divorce are thinking about divorce and our traffic has spiked so much five times, I think that we're going to see a huge spike in divorces. And I think that those of us who can handle more volume uh, at a lower price point um, are really going to be able to capitalize on this situation in, in a way that doesn't exploit the client. Because what I'm hoping is, is that lawyers come out of this crisis as with people feeling like they've made authentic relationships and connections, can trust lawyers more, feel like we're doing what we need to do, we're adapting in a way that is really going to help them. So, um, you know, there's some people that have a really secure practice, everything's gonna be fine, they'll stick with their multi-million dollar clients and that's great, that's not who we are, that's not who we've ever wanted to be. And so our focus is really going to be right now on creating packages that people can purchase to have their needs met so that they know exactly what they're spending in a time where money and values of property and everything else is kind of up in the air. I'm curious what kinds of enduring change you're, you're hoping to see the profession realize over the course of this this crisis, you know, whether it takes, uh, you know, months or, or maybe even the better part of a year to get on the other side of the, the coronavirus crisis, what shifts in mindset, what shifts in approach, what shifts in the way that lawyers work, do you hope to see as, as enduring changes in the profession? Yeah, this is super exciting. It's like this crisis that we now have this incredible opportunity to make our lives better and our clients. I know since shifting to a more virtual uh, world for partially for Living Law and absolutely for Hello Divorce that it has really affected my quality of life. I can set my hours when I want it to. I don't have to earn as much because our overhead has gone down significantly. I can um, do so many different things that I wasn't able to do before. So I'm hoping that lawyers see this this forced you know, connection that they need, now need to have to technology as something that can really benefit their lives. And um, you know, obviously what, we're, what we were already seeing is a shift uh, from consumers who wanted to be able to access legal services online too and uh, online dispute resolution. So there's this huge opportunity for all of us to capitalize on that. And, uh, to lead in our various areas of practice. But what I'm most excited to see is, is there a shift? You know, I, backing up a minute, you know, talking to people in my family that are lawyers, I'm learning that many of them are at medium to big size firms and still have on-premise servers that they're not even allowed to access, even though there's tools to from home. Some of their paralegals 
don't even have email addresses and almost all of their files are not scanned. So I, in this moment, am worried about those type of lawyers. They have so much to offer us, but right now we have everything to offer them. And they either like need to have a major shift in consciousness or they're gonna go down. I mean, it's that big of a deal. And so far, I haven't heard much from them at all in terms of being willing to adapt to the cloud. They're still talking about that being a major security issue and that their in-house tech teams don't think it's a good idea. So I'm hoping that that's just the first couple weeks in crisis and that um, they're really going to adapt and change and um, you know, it's, it can only benefit our profession and the clients that we serve. Well, like you, I, I am optimistic that the silver lining in all of this will be that there's an enormous catalyst for the change that, that will happen and we can transform the, the practice of law to make lawyers happier and make clients more satisfied and, and increase access to justice for, for everyone. That seems like uh, something that's doable if we all yeah. have the right kind of mindset and a growth mindset around the challenges that face us. And, and maybe to, to close out on a final thought, Aaron, you, you talked about the, um, I, I think you've got a unique vantage point because I, I think you're at the leading edge of legal innovation. And in a lot of ways, I, I think you're in the, the promised land that many law firms hope to be able to evolve their, their firms to. And for those that maybe are, you know, more in the on-prem world or even the pen and paper world that mm -hmm. need to, and I agree with you, the stakes are survival. You know, I, I think we will look back at this crisis and see law firms that survived and even thrived in this environment and law firms that failed and the differentiating factor will be adoption of technology. How, what advice can you give to those law firms in terms of one small step that they can make to start advancing in the direction that they need to, to, uh, to navigate this challenge? Well, first, first off, I think people need to be reminded to stick with what they're good at, what they know, and what they may be able to do at scale. Um, the second thing is, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't start with a case management software, right? Because you can't take all the steps at once. That's just not going to happen. Um, and you shouldn't try to solve the problem on your own. And if the technology team that you've been using in the past uh, is still recommending not utilizing technology to work virtual, then you need to get rid of them and find an awesome practice management advisor to talk you and help you through this. Um, but having a case management system like Clio takes care of about 90% of your issues because you keep all your documents there, you communicate with your clients there, you can run billing there, you run your reports to see where you are financially. Um, it's gonna take care of so much of how you run the practice. And um, I don't know about everyone else, but for me, what was most important is just to simplify. I had about 20 different vendors I was working with to bring all of them to Clio and to the extent that Clio doesn't 
offer what I need to be able to have that other vendor integrate with Clio means that everything is in one place. And it's really easy to get overwhelmed, but having everything in one place makes it so much easier. So I think um, a practice management advisor is awesome and making sure that one of that first choice you is finding a case management resource that that feels like something you can work with and meets your needs. Uh, that's uh, phenomenal advice. Uh, thank you for, for sharing <laughs> that. And I, I didn't even set you up to say that right here. <laughs> well, it was so funny because I was like, oh my God, I have to say it. <laughs> I have to say it. It's true. Well, thank you. But, appreciate um, it. <laughs> but it is true. And we've worked with many uh, practice management softwares over the years. We were one of the first users on several of um, their competitors. And for some people, you know, the, it, it might not be the number one choice for them. I don't know. But I think having someone that you can talk to to help you figure out what your goals are and what it is that you need so that you can continue doing what you're good at, that's what's most important. Trying to pivot at this point means that you're losing out on a huge amount of goodwill that you've sustained over time. So, yeah. I heard somebody. Is that my kid or yours? That was my kid. <laughs> Apologies for uh, the, the no, I love it. realities that we're all leaning into here. But that was my my daughter, Isla, um, oh. screaming for her mom. How old but, is Isla uh, again? I'm sorry, say that again? How old is Isla again? She is seven. That's right. Yeah. So you saw my five-year-old earlier. Yes. But um, I have an eight-year-old too. So they've been just sort of coming in and out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same Handing same them the me. iPad. It's a, it's a whole new world. Well, Aaron, um, we're, we're uh, at time and you just provided such a wealth of useful information here. Thanks so much for, for joining us. I feel like there's a lot more for us to dig in on that uh, we'll eventually need to do on a part two, but I really appreciate you uh, spending the time with us and sharing some of your wisdom with our audience and uh, stay healthy, stay safe. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us on Daily Matters, a podcast from Clio. Rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Daily Matters is produced by Andrew Booth, Sam Rosenthal, and Derek Boland, and hosted by yours truly, Jack Newton. Thanks also to Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal technology provider for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Clio, please visit clio.com. And for more resources to help lawyers navigate the challenges of COVID-19, please visit clio.com slash COVID dash relief.